Let's look back on Monday in the NBA. Big scores all over the place. Interesting production. We're going to talk about all the fantasy relevant things that we need to. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I'm going to hammer his ass. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Fangio. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, visit Fangio.com slash Locked On to get started. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. All right. Double bang. Yeah, do it. Go and hit the thumbs up, hit the the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, leave a comment, listen to the audio, watch the video. Very easy to do. Also check out the live trade deadline show. Go pre-bang that one. It is February the 8th, Thursday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Go and uh, bookmark that and get ready for it. Coming up in less than two weeks. No, less than three weeks, two and a half weeks until the trade deadline show. We're going to recap the eight games from Monday today. Um, so let's let's just get straight into it with some news. We got an update on Lonzo Ball, and the reason I put this here is I see that he is still being rostered in leagues, guys. He is not happening. He is not coming back. There was an update was there's been no setbacks, but he can't do sprints in a straight line. He is not coming back this season. He may not come back ever. Maybe he does. I, I'm not sure. But I saw that he's still rostered in like 5% of 12-team leagues. What's going on? Please don't do this. Keep a leagues, dynasty, whatever. Right, depending on your rules, that's okay, whatever. Anything else? Stop it. Stop it. Stop it, please. You don't need to be holding him. LeBron is out on Tuesday. So the fake questionable tags actually turned into an out tag. That's the second game LeBron has missed in like the last four or five. A little bit of a worry there with his ankle, which has obviously been bothering him. Hence the definitely real questionable tags every single game of the season. But he's out. Um, I would expect that they go with... Uh, well, Torian Prince is back. So Prince will just slide in next to him with, uh, in place of LeBron with Rui staying in that starting group. I guess they could go with Jared Vanderbilt Bar. And because there's only five games on, maybe Prince is streamable, maybe Rui is streamable, maybe Vanderbilt streamable. But they're not particularly exciting. But it is another opportunity for more shots and more assists for D'Angelo Russell if he even remains on this team. We keep hearing that D'Angelo Russell is headed to another team and DeJounte Murray could be going to the Lakers. They are my two most likely to be traded players at the trade deadline, and it looks like they might be involved in the same trade. So we'll see where that uh, where that goes. And then we've got an update on Moses Moody and Gary Payton. Moody is going to be reevaluated in a week for the Warriors. Gaz in about two weeks. Not thinking they're going to have really any impact on fantasy, unfortunately, but we just haven't heard anything about the Warriors because of the incident last week, um, the untimely passing. Um, Dayan and yeah, I don't even know. I just I just want to put that in because we didn't have many other updates to talk about. But yeah, that uh, those guys are still going to be out at least another week for Moody and two more weeks for Gaz Payton. Let's look at some waiver wire trends: the most added players and the most dropped players over the last twenty four hours. The most added player is Asar Thompson. <sighs> yep, he was up twenty percent roster percentage. 
yeah, we talked about, oh, let's see what happens when Stewart is back. And Stewart was back and Assad did not happen. Talk about him more later. Brandon Miller up 17%. He's on a bit of a hot streak at the moment. You can ride that out. Don't think it's going to last. Alec Burks up 17%. He was on a hot streak. That did not last. If you wanted to move on, you can do that. Fan of Pants, Kevin Herter up 15%. People rightfully waited until those three games with uh, three days with no games for the Kings ended. Stream him in. He's on a hot streak too. I don't think it lasts, but stream him in. No worries. Slam and Sammy Merrill, the 11% of leagues that added him. You were very, very happy with what happened with Sam Merrill today. So a W move. But of course, there was no Karis Levert in that game. And then Jabari Walker. Interesting to see Jabari Walker up 9% after the game that happened yesterday. So that's really intriguing. I do believe that Jabari should be rostered. They've got a really strong schedule. And he's in a pretty solid spot for some value, um, even as we move forward into a longer term for the rest of the season. So I think that is a pretty strong move. In terms of the most dropped, Goga Badadze. Again, he was out of the rotation. He played the final eight minutes of today's game, but that was all blowout stuff. So, yep, that's okay. Timothy John down 16%. Struggled in the last game. I don't know if Halliburton's going to play. He's questionable for tomorrow. But yeah, look, if you need to make moves, that's cool. Ben Matherin down 11%. Really struggled. He's going to be very up and down. A streamer to me. Greg Jackson, the second, down 11%. Yeah, I'm not really sure we need to be holding him in 12s. Norm Powell down 10 and Duncan Robinson down 10. They are stream-level players outside. They're not just must-roster guys. That's it. That's it. They're just guys that we stream in when we're looking for some points and for some threes, Norman Powell and Duncan Robinson, that is. And they're just not guys that we need to hold on to under all circumstances. All right, let's um, let's take a look at the first game of the day. It was the Milwaukee Bucks and the Detroit Pistons. Um, in the end... Good win from uh, Milwaukee, 122-113. Yanni had 31, 17, and 10, three steals, two blocks. Bad at percentages, including field goals, but overall a killer game, while Middleton had 26, 2, and 2. In fact, a good Richie Benner there. Two threes, two rebounds, two assists, and two steals, and shot 64%. While Lillard shot only 27%. That's yuck. But despite all the protestations again about Lillard, he's 18th over the last two weeks. He's 17th for the season. Not as much of a disaster as you think it is. Lopez had 15-11 with four blocks. Good games there. And then not a lot else going on. But interestingly, Andre Jackson played 20 minutes. Bobby Portis had seven points in 25 minutes. Jay Crowder played 12 minutes. I don't think we need to hold on to Bob Portis. You've said you've heard me say that for weeks. Get that garbage out of here! And Leaky Beasley played 35. So his minutes are up. But 13-6 and six with three threes. Like, it's okay. You can hold it. I don't think you necessarily have to. Uh, Connaughton, just nine minutes. Interestingly, he's just getting significantly outplayed by Andre Jackson at the moment. For the Pistons, Isaiah Stewart returned, and unbelievably, they played him off the bench, which I've been just talking about them doing all season. Now, they started Kevin Knox over him, and he played nine minutes. I'm not really sure of the point of that. And then Stewart went on to have the best game of his career, maybe? 19-8, and eight, two threes, two steals, five blocks. That's an unbelievable game. The big fella, Elf Stewart's top 50 over the last two weeks. I, I don't buy that for a single second, but he was great. If you want to have a crack, have a crack. I'm not convinced of it, but that's fantastic. The other thing that happened was Marcus, Marcus Sasser got red hot. 26 minutes for Sass. He had 23 points on 53% shooting. So he got extra minutes while guys like Knox never really didn't play. Bogdanovich played only 23 minutes. Um, Killian Hayes played only 16 minutes. By the way, he's going to be out of the rotation real soon. And I wonder what happens here to Sasser when Cade and then Monte Morris return. Does Sasser even play? I'm not sure that he does, but... Really hard to take him out of the rotation after that game. I will not add Marcus Sasser outside of like a 20-teamer, but that was a good game. Duran had 12 and 12, pretty mid. Bogdanovich, 15 points, but not much else. And Asar Thompson, I just talked about him uh, with the waiver wise stuff. He went scoreless. He took one shot. 
in 19 minutes. He had five rebounds. He missed both his free throws. And we said, like, okay, it was really encouraging to see the big minutes last game, but was it because Stewart was out? Yes, apparently so. So I get you can hold on to Thompson if you want two weeks to go to the trade deadline. Maybe Burks has moved, although Burks plays really at the two and Thompson plays the four really most of the time. What you'd be hoping for is that Bogdanovich gets moved for him to have that value. And I'm not super certain that that is what is going to go down. But again, it's two weeks to go. You can hold, but I am a little concerned about where the value lies for Asar. So if you wanted to drop, I I get it. Get that garbage out of here. Alec Burks had nine points in his 28 minutes with three threes. He just shot poorly. The role for him is okay. I just think when Cade returns, he's probably not going to do that. They also ran a really deep rotation. 11 guys with Mascala playing 16 minutes and uh, the Italian cock. Danilo Gallinari having nine points in his 10. So a little bit of a convoluted sort of um, rotation that we, again, it's Monty Williams, man. Like he's been doing this to us all season. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL season is getting really close to the end. Four teams left, but there is still time for you to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that is $5 in bonus bets, win or lose. You don't need that bet to win. All you got to do is just place it and they give you 150 in bonus bets. And then you use those bonus bets for all the other different bet types. You can check out their Explore tab, all the different features they have. The app is super easy to use. And of course... You know what they've got. Live, same game parlays. There's the Parlay Hub as well, where you can go in there and have a look at all the different parlays that people have used, um, featured parlays, create your own parlay. Just get Parlay Wild over on Fanjul. Go to fanjul.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Fanjul is an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay, that is the first game in the books. The second game, and I am trying this. Someone said, maybe you should just put the lineup section before the individual game. So why not? We'll look at the Orlando Magic. They had Markel Fultz resting on a back-to-back. So Mr. Black, he got the starting job instead, as we've seen so many times this season. So let's take a look at that game. The Cavs win it really easily. 126-99, the final score. Slammin' Sammy Merrill, 31 minutes 26 points with eight triples on 62%. This man is 81st over the last two weeks. He's just hitting every three in the world. Now, of course, with Levert out, that helps. With Milk dead, apparently, and Darius Garland still out, there is a role here for Merrill. He's turning into an absolutely elite three-point streamer, although this is obviously the high watermark. The other one to watch is Dean Wade-O-Wade, who's doing a little bit of Nick Batum stuff. Nine points, three threes, 24 minutes, two steals. He's 114th over the last two weeks. That's at least 14-team worthy. Donnie Mitchell had 25 and 13 assists with four steals. And Max Strews, only 27 minutes. Blowout impacted him a little bit better. 10-4-4 with two threes. Not a 10-team league guy, but a 12-team hold. Uh, Georgie Niang, who'd been pretty good and was excellent in the last game, wasn't that good here, 11-5 in 28 minutes. Well, we saw the thing that we've seen all season. Give Craig Porter minutes and he'll do stuff. 12-3-5, 71%. The problem is there's just not enough of an opportunity for him to get those minutes on a nightly basis, and he just doesn't need to be rostered in a 12-team league. For the Magic, they did sit Markel Fultz and John Isaac on the back-to-back. 
So we had Mr. Black starting. He had seven points in 18 minutes. He will be out of the rotation pretty soon, I'm guessing. Franz Wagner, just the 24 minutes because of the blowout. He had 17, three, and two. Suggs had only six points in 26 minutes, but he hit two threes. He had three assists and he had two steals. I know it's been a rough goal of things from Suggsy, but I do think that he is probably worth a hold in 12-team leagues. And Wendell, only 27 minutes, but 10 and nine with two steals. He's just a must-roster player at this point. Like I said earlier, Goga only played the final nine minutes of this game. He had two points in those nine minutes and you can uh, jack him. Get that garbage out of here. Mo Wagner had 15 points in 18 minutes. That's not a 12-team league guy. It's a deeper league sort of stream. And you can very easily jack Cole Anthony too. Get that garbage out of here. Five points in 13 minutes for Cole. He seemed to hurt his ankle again. There's just no point in rostering him in 12. Honestly, we're getting close to it not being rosterable in 14-team leagues. I'm not quite there with it yet. But we're getting there. And Bunkero just struggled again. Horrible percentages. No defensive stats. 43 from the field. 5 of 9 from the line. He had 18, 3, and 6. But those uh, percentage numbers for him are becoming more of a problem after seemingly improving um, earlier on in the season. Just a, a, bit of a, a bit of a rough go of things for him at the moment. The next game we take a look at was an epic one, really. Amazingly, it's the one of the worst teams versus one of the best, the Spurs against the Sixers, because there were some just ridiculous games or ridiculous lines. The Sixers, 133, beat the Spurs, 123. We'll start in San Antonio, where Wembenyama played 28 minutes. His minutes limit is about to be over, I'm pretty sure. He just had a casual 33-7 and seven with two threes and two blocks and went 11 of 12 from the line and hit 53 from the field and continues to just be insane. Like, he's ranked 11th for the season. 11th. Someone said to me in the live stream today, the pregame, oh, is he definitely going to be a first round? Like, yeah. Like, he's he's not even escaping the top nine, I don't think, next season. This is this shit's ridiculous. And I know you think that it is just an excessive rusty trombone, but it's, it, I'm, it is, I've never seen anything like this. It is crazy. Vassal had 22-4-9 in his 38 minutes, and if you know me, you know that I don't think much of Calden Johnson as a player. So I'm not going to jump on here and shit on a bad performance, because there are reasons for it. I will jack him first. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Jack. Get that garbage out of here! But before we read into too much of the Kelden game, he did have a trip to the locker room after getting uh, stitches in his chin and only played 21 minutes. Now, that was shit minutes. 8-2-0 and zero in on 33% shooting, and he is now down to 126th for the season and 189th over the last two weeks. He seems to only play well at the moment when Wemby is out, and I just wouldn't be bothered holding him in a category league. And in a points league, it's getting to that stage as well. The point He's averaging 30 a game for the season fantasy points on Yahoo, and that's tumbling down. He is not that good. Trey Jones hurt his ankle towards the end of the game. He played 33 minutes. So you're looking at, well, 12, 4, and 6, two steals. Really good, 71%. Love it. Like, they're all good numbers. There was some concern that it, was, it looked pretty serious, but apparently there was a reporter, um, Tom Os- Osborne, who said he saw Trey in the locker room after the game, and he was okay. So Pop didn't give us an update. I would be a little worried here that he might miss some time, but we've seen what happens without Trey Jones. Like, we're not rushing to add a Malachi Branham. We're not rushing for a Blake Wesley. We're not rushing for a Devontae Graham. I don't think any of those guys become ads. Interestingly, Branham, out of the rotation, Blake Wesley ahead of him. Zach Collins had one point in 20 minutes. He missed all seven of his shots. I don't think we hold Zach. The reason you're holding him is waiting for a Wemby miss to add him in because he's just not going to be 12-team worthy, I don't believe, in games that Wemby plays. Well, Sohan played 33 minutes, started out a bit rocky, but 14-8-4, four, 42%, one block, must roster player. Uh, Bubble Champagne was all right, 12 points in 15 minutes. I just wish they'd pump more into him, just give him 24, 25 minutes, but they're not. Now, the, the big one, the big boy, the big fella, Embiid, 37 minutes, 70 points. 
18 rebounds and five assists, shot 49 from the field on 41 attempts. And he went, um, he had 23 free throw attempts and hit 21 of them. Just a ridiculous performance, an unstoppable performance. He is the number one player now in fantasy, taken over from Jokic and Shea, and that's a ludicrous line. Maxi played 42 minutes against the Spurs. 18, 4, and 8 with two threes. And Nick Batum, just quietly, Nick Batum is a definite 14-team league at and maybe a 12. 33 minutes, 5, 8, and 6 with three steals. Now, the problem with Batum in a 12-team league is he never scores. And that doesn't have appeal for most people. And all it takes is him to have a game where he plays 22 minutes and doesn't get a steal or a block, and it looks shit out. And he does that for three games, and he's the 250th best player. But he's 102nd over the last two weeks in 30 minutes a night. 5, 8, and 6 with three steals and 50% shooting is really good. I think he's got to be rostered in all 14-team leagues, Batum. And in 12s, there's stream value there. We got, um, we got teased a little bit on the end there early on in the game where they brought Reed in to play next to Embiid. Oh, finally, Nick Nurse. Um, you got past all your self-branding um, hubris to play them together. That didn't last, did it? Reed played 14 minutes and had 6-8 and eight with a steal and a block. But to be honest, 6-8 and eight with a steal and a block is unbelievably good in 14 minutes. That's why we were excited about Reed. Because if he played 25 minutes, he'd have huge numbers. But all we're looking for him is opportune schedule moments where they've got concentrated games where you can get three games, 40 minutes, one waiver ad, and that's pretty good numbers. It just doesn't happen enough. I feel very comfortable jacking off Cali Oubre. Get that garbage out of here! I'd also be happy to take him off my fantasy team. He had eight points in 25 minutes. He had no steals, no blocks, uh, no assists, didn't hit a three. Shot 50%. He doesn't take shots. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. He is not rosterable in 12-team leagues, uh, in my opinion. We also got one minute of Turquavion Smith. Shout out to uh, shout out to Turk. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's also the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. You don't have to worry about thousands of people and people who have just honestly way more time to do it than you do going in there and taking your money. First of all, it's not a, it's not a platform on Price Picks where it's you versus your fellow competitor against your fellow Joe, your fellow pro, whoever it is. It's you against Price Picks. So everyone can win because they throw up the individual stat projections. You look at them and you just say more or less. Easy. You do that between two to six of those individual ones. You put them into an entry and you can win up to 25 times your money back. Many different sports, many different players, many different stat projections for you to peruse and chuck into that entry. It's super fast to put the entry in. It's super fast to get your money out as well. So head across to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. The code you want to use is LockedOnNBA. That gives you a first deposit match up to $100. That is pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. The promo code is LockedOnNBA as well. For a first deposit match up to $100, PricePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, so we had that ridiculous game out of the way. We have another ridiculous one coming up, even ridiculous for other reasons, coming up soon. Um, let's talk about this one first, though. The Memphis Grizzlies and the Toronto Raptors. Memphis wins it 108-100. Some very, very intriguing things happening in this game. Um, let's talk Memphis. Xavier Tillman was available, the cashier, but Taylor Jenkins didn't want to ring him up. Didn't uh, ring him up is such an American phrase as well. That's why I used it. Um, can I just ring that up for you? Sure, mate. Tillman came off the bench, played 16 minutes for two points on 14%. Yuck. Now, remember, he was playing 30 minutes a night as a starter. He was healthy here, and they didn't start him. But before you go all gung-ho and drop him, which you might, you might, 
two two six and two with a steal is shit house. But if it was five out of seven instead of one out of seven, that's an extra eight points. That's ten six and two with the steal. You go. That's uh, that's all right. I'm okay with that. And the other thing is that I don't think that he is now relegated to being a bench and Jaron Jackson's a full-time starting five. It is also worth mentioning they're going up against a team with no centers at all, and that impacted it. But then the guy that replaced him, Santi Aldama, got hurt himself. He had to leave with knee soreness. Santi had 10-4-4, 23 minutes. There is just so much Santi Aldama love in fantasy circles, and I don't get it. When is he ever proven to be this knockout fan? Not that Tillman is. But now Aldama's hurt. Like, if I had Tillman, I would not drop him based off this game. And I do have Tillman, so I won't drop him based on this game. But if I had Aldama, I also wouldn't drop him based on this game. I just want to see sort of how it plays out. And what we finally got was a better game out of GG Jackson. And by better, I mean sort of better. 7-5 and five with a triple one. But what is interesting is part of the reason I was marginally... Well, not marginally. I was interested in GG to see what's happening. Because I wanted someone who can create their own shot. And now they've sort of just taken that out of his game. He had... A usage of 9.7. Who's he think he is? A center for the Knicks. What's going on here? He was like 27% usage those first couple of games. So he was efficient. He just never did anything with it. If I've got him in a 12-team league, I'm not even sure it's worth a stash. Vince Williams is though. 18 and 10, two steals, a block and two threes. That's not even a stash. That was just a terrible segue. He's just a must roster player. And he's just very good. What about Jaron Jackson? 32 minutes, had foul trouble early on. Um, 27, 4 and 5. Six deals and a block. He had six deals in the first quarter. Didn't get another one for the game. 55 from the field, and then a weird one of three from the line. Your ability to sell high is there. But remember, if you are selling Jaron Jackson for a top 50 player, you are going to lose in the short term. The reason that you would consider moving off of Jaron Jackson now is the possibility slash likelihood that when your fantasy playoffs roll around, he's not going to be available. So understand that he might be rolling as a top 20 player with all these absences. He might not be. He's 39th over the last two weeks. He's 43rd over his last five games. He might not be top 20, but he might be close. But if you do trade him away now, you are almost definitely taking a short-term hit in order to get some sort of decent value when there is a chance that he sits later on. But also remember this, he might not sit. We, we and I, by we, I don't mean me, I mean, and maybe not you as well. There are a lot of people who absolutely really double backhand Danish style the shutdown. Ooh, a shutdown risk? Is this guy going to be shut down? Is it a shutdown risk? Probably going to be a shutdown. Yeah, what about, what about a shutdown? They're going to probably shut this guy down. Are they shutdowns? Shutdown? And it's overblown. It's overblown. Part of the reason why I'm like, hmm, Des Bain is he's legitimately hurt with a legitimately serious injury and there's no reason to bring him back. But Jackson's actually not hurt. He could get hurt, and they could invent something fake later on. But there is, there's not even like a 70% chance that he gets shut down or is out in much. There's a, there's a decent chance of it, but I wouldn't say it's that high. So there is definitely, it's not like an absolute no-brainer. There is a risk, and you've got to see whether you want to take that on. Me, I'm usually not a huge, huge risk taker in terms of trades. This one, I probably would be okay with it, but I wouldn't be like, hey, give me like the 80th best player just so I have somebody. I wouldn't do that at all. Understanding, again, we got a short-term hit. David Roddy, okay, he, I can't stand this guy. Eight and, not, nothing against the bloke personally, uh, Super Soldier Serum Tyus Jones. He had 8 and 10 in 23 minutes. I just think he's not very good. And as for like Aldama, I talked about already, but Roddy can get some of those powerful minutes, and I just won't care. I will not care. Could GG get minutes if Santi is out? I think they'd go back to Tillman there. But honestly, I think this team's going to be just a mess. Speaking of a mess, Toronto, what we need to take out of this for the Raptors, right? They closed the game with the prestige penis. Grade A dick. 
Was it because he was playing well? Well, the man went scoreless in 15 minutes. Why did they, they go with him? Well, Darko Ryakovic has the words that you will want to hear, if I can go and find those words that you want to hear. The thing was, Darko said he used grade A Dick to close the game because he wanted to give him some experience in those situations with the rest of the closing unit. Said he deserves a shot with the way he's played lately. And then this is from Aaron Ben Rose on Twitter. He says, to me, this is pretty telling. Uh, this is Aaron's own words. He said, the Raptors are giving playing time to guys who will be here long-term and want to let those young guys develop. Winning is not the priority. I agree. Winning is not the priority. So they are going to be doing weird stuff. Dick has already moved up into the rotation a little bit more. He is um, expanding his role. I don't think he's going to be a 12-team league um, a 12-team league guy, Dick, but I do think that we're going to see Bruce Brown be limited, traded, Gaz Trent moved on from, fake injuries potentially on this team as well. It's just something to monitor. Just something to watch. Scott Barnes, 41 minutes, 22, 12, and 8 with six blocks. That is amazing. He only shot 43 from the field, but we love everything else there. Usage check on Barnes, 25. Not as high as we'd like. What about my favorite player, shooting legend Rowan Barrett Jr.? 37 minutes for him, 29 and 9. One block. The sell high lives. And you might say, Josh, maybe he is this guy. Maybe. But he's not. So I'll guarantee you he's not. And I'll tell you how I guarantee you he's not. Once again, he missed his threes, but decided he was going to shoot 75% on twos. And you know who shoots 75% on twos? Nobody. Absolutely nobody. Mitchell Robinson doesn't. And all he does is dunk. Nikola Jokic doesn't. The man with one of the greatest touches in, in NBA history. This is an insane hot streak from RJ. Insane. And in saying that, he's 104th over the last two weeks in category leagues, despite this insane hot streak. And there's going to be someone in the comments that is a big RJ Barrett um, jerker, loves to like soften him up with maple syrup and really get into it. Right? Someone will be there. And I don't, I don't actually dislike RJ. I just am realistic about what his fantasy value has been all throughout his career. This is a perfect, perfect time to sell high. But if you don't want to, it's also cool too. You can just ride this out. But there is going to be, look, there might be a 25, 30% drop off in his two-point percentage. That could He's had horrid percentage numbers. Horrid two-point percentage numbers. Like 35% mid-range shooting numbers. 50, 49% from the rim. At the rim. Not from the rim. He's not in space. Horrific numbers. And he's improved immensely to a level that literally nobody achieves. So just be, be aware of that. I think we can jack Dennis Schroeder. 22 minutes, 11, 2, and 3. And you want to talk about players who are going to be here long-term. He's not one of them. They're not going to prioritize him at all. Quickly is, though, 8 points, and he just shot horribly, too. 23%. So if you look at that. Like Quickly's numbers are going to rise at 100%. He's not going to be this bad of a shooter. And he added 10 assists and 2 steals. Barrett's are going to drop. Thad Young played 26 minutes. They started Jonte Porter. He played 6 minutes. He got poked in the eye. He returned for a couple of minutes and then didn't play at all in the second half. That's not the second time that's happened to Porter in this little starting run. The other games have been great. But the quote pre-game from Ryakovich was, Jakob Pertl is going to be back very, very soon. Adding two varies makes me think next game. So I wouldn't even bother with Thad who had 12-7-4. Great line, wouldn't bother. And Porter did nothing. Gaz Trent was shit again. Six points with two threes, not a 12-team league player. And honestly, I'll probably hold Bruce Brown a game or two. But 7-3 and 2 in 21 minutes. The only reason I hold Bruce is if he gets traded and finds 29 minutes. But even then, if he gets traded, it's probably to a better team. And he's not going to be hitting 32 minutes a night, which means he might not even be a 12-team league guy there. So if you are in a desperate squeeze and you wanted to move on from somebody, 
maybe maybe that is Bruce that um, that you can move on from because it is really really tough to to roster a guy when the priorities of this Raptors team don't seem to be don't seem to be him uh, at this point. But yeah, that's the realities. Well, I guess the perceived realities of that situation. Let's talk about the next game. The Charlotte Hornets and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Some lineup changes here. LaMelo Ball returned. Cody Martin was out, um, injured. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker started in place of Mike Conley as well. Conley was out for a weird rest in the middle of the um, in the middle of the schedule. No back-to-back or anything like that. The Hornets unbelievably pulled out a victory. Unbelievably. Um, they were down huge. I think they outscored them by 22 in the final quarter. 128 Charlotte, 125 Minnesota. This is a team that just never wins either. What a huge victory. Brandon Miller, insane shooting. One of the biggest sell highs ever, by the way. 29 minutes, 27 points on 85% shooting. This man, over the last 25 games, was shooting 42% on twos. He was, what did he go on this one? Eight of nine on twos and three of four on threes. 27, three and two. If he shot anywhere near his putrid other shooting numbers, we'd be talking about like a 14, three and two game. And you go, that's eh, pretty mid. But that's unbelievable. Sell high. You can ride him if you want, Giggity. You can add him. You can stream him. It's just not going to be like this. LaMelo Ball, 18, six and 13 with three steals. Rough shooting, but Miles Bridges played 40 minutes. I think there's a chance he is traded. He had 25, or 28, five and two with three threes. Big, big volume. 46% shooting on 22 attempts is huge. While Paul Washington... While the centers are out, you can uh, you can use him, but other than that, I don't trust it. 12 and 7, 33 minutes, steal block. Good game. He shot 71%, probably going to be 17.4 next game. And then we knew that this was going to happen. There was going to be a cool off from Rogier, and it's happened. 11, 2 and 4, no steals, no blocks, no threes, 42%. Maybe turned into a bit of a buy low, but he's obviously obvious to me. He's not going to get back to the numbers he was putting up before when Lamella Ball was injured. Now onto the Wolves. Disgusting loss, embarrassing loss especially in a game where Carl Anthony Towns goes for 62 and 8. 62. He had 41 points in the first half. He played 38 minutes. He had 10 threes. He shot 60 from the field. He went to the line 14 times. And they lost. Anthony Edwards was definitely not himself. He ended up with 9 points on 11 shots, 27%. He had, I think, one shot in the first half. He did have 11 assists, but he's struggling at the moment. 86th over the last two weeks. And I've said this for a few games, maybe a week or so, that he doesn't look right, whether it's his knee or his hip. Now it's an illness. He's banged up. And it's impacting his performance very clearly. With no Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker had 18 points on 67%. His efficiency is way up this season as well. He had two assists only. He's only a very deep league stream guy. Well, Gobert had 13 and 11. And we had McDaniels doing his um, imitation of a waiver wire player, 9-4-4 four, four with two steals in 35 minutes. The minutes are there, just not a 12-team league guy. The Wizard of Noz, we talked about how he was on a hot streak and how it was going to call off. Well, he had five points in 15 minutes with Towns going sick. They didn't play him. And I still maintain that Reed does not need to be a must-roster 12-team league player. I I don't I don't believe that he is, but you know some people do because he does have the occasional big game. Absolutely, it just doesn't happen often enough for me to justify a must-hold type situation. All right, the next game, it was the Boston Celtics and the Dallas Mavericks. A few lineup changes here: Drew Holiday and um, Al Horford returned. Porzingis was out resting, and Sam Hauser moved back to the bench. No one's really surprised about that. Um, your pretty standard lineup change there. And then we had we did have a change in Dallas as well as Tim Hardaway moved to the bench and Josh Green stayed in the starting lineup. 
as I forget to bring that graphic across. There you go, Josh Green and Tim Hardaway. So Josh Green moved in that starting lineup, and Timmy Hardaway um, went to the bench with Green missing the last game due to uh, was it illness? I think it was an illness that he missed the last game. So let's go in and look at this one now. Boston and Dallas. Boston wins at one nineteen, one ten on the road. The um, like Al Horford, he started eleven and six, three threes. We stream him in when he starts, and we don't use him when he's on the bench. Pretty simple stuff. Jason Tatum. Yesterday, atrocious stuff in terms of efficiency. This game, amazing. 41 minutes, 38, 11, and 5. Three steals, two blocks, 52 from the field, and 82 from the line. An amazing game. Drew Holiday was awesome too. He'd been a little bit down, 17, 7, and 6, but maximum Derek White was horrid. Six points on 17%. He had two steals and a block, but those numbers, which were, again, very, very high to begin the season, and it looked like I'd just completely misread the situation, I'm not sure that I did. He's now 138th over the last two weeks. He's down to 44th for the season. I think he's going to end the season outside the top 50. He's probably going to beat exactly where I projected him. I think he will do that. But there was a lot of shit happening early on in the season. Just had no real shot of holding on. Jalen had another 35-point game, but unfortunately, just like horrible shooting. Well, from the line, especially. Well, from the line exclusively. Because he was 59 from the field on 22 attempts. A lot of attempts. And then he went 6 of 11 from the free throw line for 64%. And not much else going on. We had a, a pretty interesting game from Pritchard, actually. 5, 7, and 6 with a triple 1 on 29%. There's some really good numbers. And if he didn't shoot 29%, it would actually be a really good game. But overall, they win, and that's what matters. For the Mavs, Luca, just a, a wild stretch where he missed like a million shots in a row. 40% on 30 attempts. He's a killer. And he also shot 64% from the line only. That's really bad. 7 of 11 from the line. He had 33, 18, and 13 with two steals, but those percentages are bad. Kyrie had 23, 6, and 3. And Timmy Hardaway off the bench, 20 with four threes. We know what Tim Hardaway is. Nothing's changing. Stream him if you want. Don't use him if you don't want. Probably while he's hot at the moment, we go with it. And while Exum is out. Just 25 minutes for Derek Lively. Probably not what we want. We want more. But 6 and 8 with two blocks on 100%. Still should be rostered. Must roster player. And Derek Jones is not a must roster player. 5, 2, and 3. He's streamable. Um, not a 12-team league guy. In fact, you can you can jack him if you want. Get that garbage out of here. 38 minutes from Josh Green is a lot. 14 and 7 with four threes. That's okay. He had two blocks, but we're only looking at that in very, very deep leagues, while Grant Williams had two points in 18 minutes. He has been uh, a pretty sizable disappointment, I would say. We go to the next game. This was an absolute cracker. The Suns beat the Bulls 115-113. No Zach Levine and Kobe White just said, all right, cool. It's mine now. 41 minutes. 26, 10, and 9. Two steals, 4-3, 71%. Just a dominating performance from White, who's really establishing himself this season. Vooch had a really strong game as well. 19, 17, and 7 on 53%. Of course, no free throws. Why would you as a big man? Um... Really good game from Vooch, who is, does improve when uh, Levine is out. DeRozan, let's check in on him. Uh, fine. 21-5-3, and three, but 47 from the field, 67 from the line, 82nd ranked player over the last two weeks. Still, like, he is, he's not washed, but he sort of is. He's just not the same DeMar as in the past. Caruso, just an absolute must-roster player, like, Stop mucking around. No no point mucking around here. 15, 4, and 3, 5 threes, 3 blocks, guaranteed must roster. Well, the two guys I was debating, who's the big winner here from Levine? Well, they did the same thing. Pat Williams and Ayodesumu, and that's not a bad thing. 13, 4, and 2 for Pat with 3 threes. 13, and 1 for Desumu with 2 steals and a block. Desumu shot better. Williams shot worse. They're both okay to look at as 12-team streams. I wouldn't look at them as must rosters. I probably... I don't even know if I lean to Sumo or Williams, honestly. I feel like I go back and forth on it every game. By the way, if you're still holding Andre Drummond, what are you doing? Get the 
here. 42% of 12 team leagues have him rostered. Six and five for Drummond. Why? Are you thinking Vooch is getting traded? I don't think that's happening. I just think it's a it's a bit of a waste. For the Suns, Durant, 41 minutes, 43 points. That is two back-to-back huge games. 43, 6, and 8, one steal, two blocks, 32 field goal attempts, and five of six from the line. Or well, Eubanks, 22 minutes for Drew, who'd been sort of out of the rotation. 10, 8, and 4 in 22 minutes. Well, Nurk played 26 minutes. Um, Nurk fouled out last game, but not in this one. 8, 7, and 4 with two blocks. Grayson Allen, probably his first real dud. 9, 4, and 3 with three threes. And Beal had 18, 4, and 5. Booker, 16, 4, 4, and 5. Really low usage for Booker. Just 11 shot attempts in this game, while Beal and obviously Durant took the majority. Not much else going on here. There was no Eric Gordon. So the bench consisted of Bates Diop, Saban Lee, and Josh Kogi. There was no Jordan Goodwin, no um, Nasir Littleface, no Chemezi Metu, no Yuta Watanabe. You can't trust any of these bench guys apart from Eric Gordon, not even Drew Eubanks because he's not even in the rotation each night. They seem to just rotate at every game and there's no sustained value with those guys at all. All right, let's go into the final game of the day. The Atlanta Hawks up against the Sacramento Kings. Trey Young was out with a concussion. So they moved Bogdan Bogdanovic into the starting lineup there. Um, not a surprise. That's what they do whenever one of the guards is out. So Bogdan gets the start, and the Kings get the win, 122-107. The Hawks continue to like, really struggle. It's an ongoing problem, obviously, here. They just can't win. They're playing these really narrow rotations, and there's going to be trades happen really soon. This is the perfect time to sell high on DeJounte Murray. Not only is Trey out, so he's doing a lot of stuff. 40 minutes, 35, 10, and 6 with 6 triples on 48%. The other thing is that maybe you are the person who fully believes that DeJounte has just been fully held back by Trey and he's this all-NBA player who's going to blow up. I don't believe that. But there are so many people, man, just, I want Spurs DeJounte back. Spurs DeJounte was Spurs DeJounte because that team let him do everything. They were bad. And he's not that good of a player as a general rule. He is solid enough. He is fine. But... If he is traded to the Lakers, the situation does not get better. But there are so many unbelievable truthers. There are, there are people who will be like, no, they just trade Trey and build around DeJounte. Cool. He's way worse than Trey. I, got that, I, I am very steadfast in that opinion on DeJounte. But so now what you're getting is these big numbers coming out of him now. And there's a chance that if he is traded, it is to a way worse situation. So if I could cash in now, I would 100% do it. 35, 10, and 6 with 6 triples is great. Great free throws, great field goals. Love everything. He's on a real hot streak. But I'm not sure that it's getting better. Bogdan had 18, 2, and 4. He had been struggling. It's good to see a little bit of value here from him. And the other interesting thing to come out of this from the Hawks side is Nyeka Okongwu. He closed the game. Uh, well, he, he didn't because he fouled out in the last minute or so. But he played 29 minutes to Capella's 22. He had 8 and 9 with 2 blocks. Well, that's that's enough to just hold in a 12-team league. Obviously, in a points league, the value is not there. Capella might get traded. I don't think he will, but we're seeing a Kongwu outplay Capella a little bit more regularly now. As for Clint, the Kerner had 11 and 12 with two blocks, and the depressed penis Sadiq Bay, another stinker. You can get rid of him. Get that garbage out of here! 13 and 7, and it was just a bad night from Jalen Johnson. 11 points on 22% shooting. He did have two blocks and seven rebounds, but bad from the field, bad from the line. A little bit of a cold streak here from Jalen. He is 72nd over the last two weeks. No Trey, as I said, and I think he probably won't play on Wednesday. For the Kings, guess what happened to Kevin Herter? Yeah, he stunk. Eight points in 25 minutes with two threes. This is who Kevin Herter is. You streamed him for the two games last week. It probably worked out. Well, not a problem. It worked out unbelievably. And then hopefully you dropped him, and now you definitely drop him. 
He streamed. He streamable. Much like, are you going to get go crazy and add the pencil Harrison Barnes? Barnesy. He had 32 points in 30 minutes with four threes. Took 20 shots, and it's never happening again. He's a streamer, and that is it. Sabonis had 14, 21, and 6. A very weird stat line. Shot 40%. Also very weird. Hit 100% of his free throws. Also very weird. And had two steals. Also very weird. One of the most bizarro Sabonis lines that you will get. He is also probably a sell high. Fourth ranked player over the last two weeks. Buy low, sell high show coming tomorrow. Um, yeah, Darren Fox, holy shit. 12 and 3 in 35 minutes on 31% and 67. Now, I know when I put him on the buy low, sell high show and said, look, he's not going to continue these numbers, I expected a downturn, but this is ridiculous. I also expected a significant downturn from him from last season, and that also has come to fruition. He's struggling to maintain top 50 numbers because a lot of the shit that he did last season isn't holding, and the free throws are inexcusably, inexcusably bad. He is much better than this, though, so there is a buy low happening. Keegan Murray had 13 and 6 with two threes and two steals, and Malik Monk, Leaky had 13 points with eight assists. I didn't even, I should have talked about it earlier, but in the Hornets game, Leaky Black played five minutes. There you go. The big fella, Leaky Black, the originator, jumps in and gets some playing time. So they, they are the games. All eight games across the NBA. I realized there was a couple of things I didn't mention with the Grizzlies. I should have talked about Luke Kennard having a big game and John Conchar having five blocks. Conchar's a 16-team league guy, and Kennard is like a 12-team a guy. We're going to get into that in just a second. Let's just do the street stream of the day recap, which I think today was uh, pretty successful. For 10-teamers, the Rabbit Hunter, Alex Caruso, 15-4-3 and three with three blocks. Absolutely W, take that one. The 12-team stream was the Duck, Luke Kennard, 19-3-7. and seven. Cool. He's a must-roster player. The 14-teamer, he did get hurt, but Santiago Dama had 10-4-4, four four, which is solid enough in 14s, and I'd be holding if I added him. Your 16-team league, well, that one worked out as well. Io Desumu, 13-1-0 with two steals and a block, which is awesome in a 16-teamer. Your Yahoo points was Aldama, obviously got hurt, but 22.8 fantasy points, not a disaster. And ESPN point streamer was the Duck Luke Kennard, who had 30 fantasy points. I'd class all of those at least neutral, if not Ws, right across the board, which we're always happy to get the old W there. Let's do the monstrous line of the night. Who gets it? What a what a shock this is going to be when you see the monstrous line of the light night is the man who dropped 70 points. Joel Embiid had 70 with 18 rebounds and 5 assists, and he is very, 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 very clearly the monstrous line of the night. But what about the waiver wire line of the night? The best performance from a player available in over 50% of leagues, i I got to give it to him because Elf Stewart was ridiculous. Eight, 19 points, 8 rebounds, he had 2 steals, he blocked 5 shots, pulling numbers out of his ass. Unbelievably good night, good game. The young gun of the night, we've said this one so many times this season, and he's still going to be eligible for it next season. But it is, of course, Victor Wembanyama, 33.7 rebounds, two blocks, continues to be insane. And the dud of the night, the worst performer, Darren Fox gave it a shake. Kelly Oubre would have been close. He's just not rostered in enough leagues. But we are going with Wemby's teammate, Zach Collins, who's still 64% rostered for some reason. He had 1.6 rebounds and four assists, and I just don't think that he needs to be a 12-team league guy. Your top six players for today's action. All right, let's have a look at... Uh, well, obviously, we know with Embiid's number one. Scott Barnes was number two, followed by Carl Anthony Towns, Jason Tatum, um, Kevin Durant, 
and Kobe White with Embiid at one, obviously. Your top six players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Isaiah Stewart, I think he might be worth an ad. I'm not confident on it, but I think he might be. Sam Merrill, great streamer. Harrison Barnes, cool, but no. Nico Batum, definite 14-team league. Thad Young, not interested. They don't play until Friday, and Pirtle might return. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker looks just to be a stream if Conley is out, and even that, it worked out better than anticipated. For Yahoo Points Leagues, the top six players today, Embiid, followed by Giannis, Doncic, Tatum, Durant, and Carl Anthony Towns. And our last little checklist to round out the show, I think we add Luke Kennard in all leagues. I think Stewart is worth adding, and I think Nick Batum has marginal 12-team appeal, but definitely has 14-team league appeal. And then for the drops, there's quite a few we could look at. Like, I'm not bothered holding on to, to Zach Collins. And if you've got Gary Trent, I think you can do better. I'd consider it with Bruce Brown as well if you needed to, but I would drop Gary Trent before I drop Bruce Brown. I'd drop a Thad Young. I'd drop Jonte Porter. There are so many different guys, I think, available who popped up today who won't necessarily be must-roster players. And that brings me to the end of the show. What a great place to be. So while we are here, and you're still paying attention, go and hit the thumbs up, subscribe, the notification bell. Go pre-like and pre-bang over on the Trade Deadline Show. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.